this is where it gets interesting. Now the middle. Yeah. We have two wild card spots up for grabs and eight teams to discuss. Yeah. I I want to start here. Okay. Because I had to go with two new because of the way I did the NFC. Okay. I need four new playoff teams total. Now the four division winners that we have in the AFC all made it last year. So that's you know, so far it's four. So out of the, there's eight playoff spots left, I need to pick four new teams. I want I'm gonna pick two different wild cards. The way I got boxed in with the NFC, I'm gonna have to pick two new playoff entrants in the AFC. Okay. So I wanna start with the team that everyone thinks is going to regress. Indianapolis. Yep. Eleven win team. You and I last year it was funny, remember? We came on, we're like, oh, with Andrew Luck. They're going to see their win total jump huge. They'll definitely be 6 and 10. Like six, yeah, yeah. We, but there's no one thought they would do as well no. as they did. They were 11 and 5. Right. But consider this. Worst point differential of an 11-win team in NFL history. Minus 30. Yeah. They won a lot of close games at home against bad teams. That was a byproduct of the last place schedule they were, they were uh, they, they had in front of them. They beat, like, Cleveland close. Uh, let me take a look who else. I mean, they had like half of their wins were against bad teams at home, it seemed. Right. And and they had the Chuck Strong thing, obviously. Right. You know, that started with the big comeback against Green Bay, who's obviously a good team. That was a quality win at home. Right. But if you look at the rest of their wins in 2012, here we go. Uh, beat Cleveland by four. Tennessee by six in overtime. Miami by three. Buffalo by seven. Detroit by two. Tennessee by four. Kansas City by seven. This is a team that lost at one point to the New York Jets, 35-9. Right. They also lost to Jacksonville last year. I think using the rule of four and their point differential of last year, this is a team that drops significantly. Yeah. I'm not saying, now this is interesting about looking ahead even mm -hmm. beyond this year, I'm not saying that Andrew Locke, oh, this means he's no good anymore. And he was right. a lucky court. He was, pardon the pun, a lucky quarterback. No. I think they'll be fine long-term, and in fact, they're probably with with luck. Yeah. Houston eventually, like I said, they'll plateau, not peak. They're the future of the division. This Indianapolis. is the retrench year for them. Yeah. yeah, I see them winning seven games this That's year exactly and missing the playoffs. I and I think a lot of people have that seven and nine. Yeah, yep. seven and nine for Indianapolis. They are the obvious. Last year, it's funny we identified the easy, the most obvious regression teams. Uh, mm -hmm. New Orleans, because of the Sean Payton situation, yes. was our pick. And not to be cruel or anything, I don't think this is cruel. Chuck Pagano didn't coach most of last year. Bruce Arians did, and Bruce Arians is now gone. Are we sold that Chuck Pagano? I mean, this is kind of his first real year as a coach. I like, would agree. I I'm not sold that he's a great coach. Actually, what you just said there isn't that bad. I was prepared for something along the lines of like, "Hey, Colts, you can't uh, assume your coach is going to go leukemia every yeah, year." Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So no, I can stop it now. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that you know they were on such an emotional roller coaster. Everything went their way. You know, they were in close games last year. They had a three-point win over Minnesota early, too. In close games, which is defined by seven points or less, a one-score game, they were 2-1, and 3-1, and 4-1, and 5-1, and 6-1, and 7-1, and 8-1, 9-1. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that, I mean, that just, the, the cookie, I mean, if you just cut half those games, make them a 500 team in close games, there's your 7-9 and nine right there. Right. But, yeah, they're a regression team. And then there's this little team that won a game called the Super Bowl last year, Baltimore. Yep. I admit that compared to the teams we're going to talk about, the other six, Baltimore looks better on paper. But they lost 50% of their defensive production from last year. I know Ray Lewis and, and certainly. And Anquan Bolden and Dennis Pitta. 
Pitted injury, Bolden bolted to the 49ers. Yeah. I know Ray Lewis and certainly Ed Reed were shells of them, their former self at the end of last year. Right. But you can't deny the, the Lewis thing really seemed to motivate them. I mean, it could have been a coincidence. I mean, flat, you know, just because Ray Lewis says, I'm going to, this is, by God, this is my last ride. That doesn't mean all of a sudden Joe Flacco is going to automatically <laughs> play the best of it, play the best football of his career. Terrell Suggs is standing tall. Yeah. <laughs> but, it happened, and Baltimore, if you remember, Ricky, was a team that I didn't like at all going into the playoffs last right. year. I thought that they they won a lot of games close. Remember that infamous game against San Diego, the 4th and 29, they converted on a screen pass yeah. to Ray Rice? I thought Baltimore, a lot of their statistics last year were regular season, not playoffs. Playoffs, they deserve to win the Super Bowl. They were the best team. But in the right, were indicative of a 500 team. And I see them dropping from 10 wins to 8 wins and I'm going to have them miss the playoffs as a tiebreaker. Now, I know okay. you have them in the playoffs. Nine and seven, just because somebody's got to make it in the AFC. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't be surprised. If they do, I would have to readjust my NFC and knock a, a, a returning playoff entrant out, which could happen. We'll okay. talk about that when we get to the NFC. But I just think that, you know, hey, we saw it with the Giants last year. They went from Super Bowl winners to out of the playoffs. I just think that it's a fine line between eight and eight and ten and six. The ball bounces a little differently in some of these games. And, you know, you lose. Look, I know you hate Ray Lewis. Yep. But there's a leadership factor. When this team's identity has changed, I don't think they're going to – this is not a team – when you look at the four teams in the AFC North, obviously I think Cincinnati's future is the rosiest um, for the next couple of years. I don't think Baltimore has a valley coming. Not with Ozzie Newsom running the show. No. A very savvy general manager. But I just think that they're due – remember, they've made the playoffs every year with the Harbo-Flacco regime. Right. They're due to miss it one year. I think that although they're probably better than the other team, that they're certainly better on paper than the team I'm going to have making over them for the last wild card at 8-8, eight eight. I just think they maybe lose that tiebreaker. Like when New England in 2 off their first Super Bowl win lost the tiebreaker to the Cleveland Browns of, the, of, yeah. of Kelly Holcomb fame. Yeah. You know, does that mean the Browns are better because they made the playoffs? No, they just had some procedural tiebreak work in their favor. So I could see that going against Baltimore this year. Yeah, the other uh, team there uh, that uh, a lot of people have uh, jockeying for a, a playoff spot would be uh, the old uh, Squealers. There, I got them at nine and seven, also as a wild card. I think they will step up a little bit from last year. I, I think last year represents something of a mini trough for them, but I, I think they're just at the point now of where. You're going to see that of, of them being in that 8-10 to 10 win range for a period of time now. Yeah, you get the feeling that Ben Roethlisberger, like, he seems like he's 100 years old yeah. now. You know, I mean, he's so banged up. Yeah. And I don't like this dynamic of him and Todd Haley at all. They don't seem to be on the same page. This whole th Oh, it's different this year. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. But I'm with you. As much as, I'll be honest with you, I don't like this pick. Mm -hmm. But... You're right. It seemed like Pittsburgh should have made the playoffs last year. They were 6-6, six and six, and I remember a lot of people, myself included, were like, okay, Ben Roeth Roethlisberger's coming back. They're going to go on their patented late-season run and get in the playoffs. It didn't happen. When they outchoked Dallas in that game, yes. that was a wake-up call. Like, what am I watching here? They had not just that one, Ricky. They had a lot of head-scratching losses yeah. last year. Lost by three at Oakland. 
Yeah, yeah, that one. Lost yeah. by 10 at home to San Diego. Yeah. Norv Turner, I think it was his only win in the 1 o'clock time frame, <laughs> his entire time there. And San Diego, I think, was coming off that Baltimore game the yes. week previous and had lost like 800 games in a row. I, I you know, yeah. I, I kid. They don't play 800 games in a season. But um, they lost the Dallas game by three. You're right. They out Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. They. It just seemed that last year. Now, where I'm going to disagree with you, I think moving for I don't think that this team – is going to be a serious contender for years to come any longer the way they're presently constructed. I think they're going to be a I fringe think, contender. Yeah, I think in the words of Led Zeppelin, it's kind of Achilles' last stand this year, mm-hmm. that I could see them potentially being like the last place team in the division next year. That is possible. Yeah, I really, because I, I think when you look at the future, Cincinnati's the brightest, Baltimore's fine, Cleveland's kind of doing a few things, we'll get to them in a little yeah. bit, but... You know, the offensive line's horrible with Pittsburgh. There's always a lot of turnover there. The defense is always very good. And, right. you know, I, I think I like Mike Tomlin as a head coach better than you. But um, I got him at 9-7 and seven as well and as a wild card. Here's the thing. They dropped from 12 to 8 wins. Mm-hmm. So history suggests they'll win at least one more. And 9-7 and, nine and seven is going to get you in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, it probably will. That That's how I, I only have two 9-7 and seven teams in the AFC, and they're Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So, yeah, I've got them in there. The other team in the north, again, we both reside in Cleveland on America's north coast here. And there, there, <laughs> there are some, uh, there, there are the usual mouth breathers running around town saying, oh, could be a wild card contender or whatever. Look, the foundation that's in place seems to be a good one. If you're looking at the next couple of years, again, I'm still not sold on Brandon Whedon, but across no. Uh, yeah, again, he's had a very good preseason, and there is the Norv Turner effect, but he still has a lot to prove. But looking at the rest of the offense, looking at the defense, I wasn't a, a, a fan of the switch to the to the three four. See, I am. I think that I think this defense is going to keep him in a well, lot of games. Well, the, the the defensive line was the strength of the team last year, and you now move to a set that emphasizes linebacker play. I just don't get that. It's not a it's not a system geared to the talent. I think this defense was that great last. Year. I think it was a little overrated. See, I think Dick Duran just got crapped on unfairly by a lot I of people because I, I did. I did, largely because he succeeded the worst off- defensive coordinator in the modern history of the NFL, that being uh, uh, Rob oh Ryan. Oh, boy, you hate Rob Ryan. I, did I he do. do something we're, you, we're that, do you need to tell me off air something about that Rob Ryan did to you? I'll point to the spot on the doll. But, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, but look, it, he, he <laughs> but look, it's just one of those things where I, I think Duran didn't get enough credit for the fact that he, the defense kept them in games last year. I think it they will this year, they too. Have, they didn't have playmakers. I but, think Kyle, they have more playmakers on defense this year because they went out and spent in free agency. It's, oh, a, it's so, apples oh, and oranges. Oh, so, we have, so I need to go work cry with, with Dick Duran. Duran had less to work with. Well, Ray Dick, Hor- Dick Duran is, is an excellent, excellent defensive coordinator. Ray Horton is as well. I just question whether the Browns personnel. Look, everyone is, is underestimating the transition time to it as well. I'm going from six and ten. I had said five and eleven when we did uh, this. We did our picks back on uh, mini episode number two fifty three. I'm revising it upwards one, just because they've looked so good in preseason, and you don't want to get carried away with that. But there is the sense that this team may be even a little bit beyond what I thought. The loss of Josh Gordon in the first two games, because he's a buffoon who's serving a drug suspension, that's going to hurt because he mm-hmm. is potentially one of the next big legitimate ace wide receivers in the league he has that kind of upside really i I I see him as that i don't don't see him in that aj green group no i think he could be a poor man's aj green he has all the physical tools he he may have a 10 cent brain but i think that's the only thing holding him back physically what's the difference between him and aj green physically he can do everything aj green can do 
I haven't seen that. I think you're a little Maybe off. not on a consistent basis. Out of line. I'm saying he can <laughs> okay. do that. Well, I mean, you know, I could too if I got lucky. But I mean, you know, I'm six three. You don't have the physical uh, tools, though. Well, have thing. you ever seen me run? <laughs> but sadly, I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. Okay. But, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Again, I what do you have the, the Browns br- at then? I have them six and ten. And I'll again, tell you what, I have them. I'm a little more optimistic. Seven and nine. Okay. You know why? Win totals of six or lower. They're at six flat. I got them at seven. I think. I think they're going to be kind of sneaky. And to, to bring it full circle, you you mentioned Whedon is kind of the X factor here, yeah. the question mark. I agree. I, I just think the offense. It's funny. A lot of the teams we're about to talk about in this middle group. Yeah. The quarterback is sort of the X. The, the difference could be the difference between like five and eleven and eight and eight with right. any of these teams. And you know what's funny about the Browns? Th- this is unbelievable. Last year, they, they had one of the youngest lineups in football. Uh, I think they had only, by the last week of the year, they had only, only four starters over the age of 27. Mm-hmm. One of them was their rookie quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's incredible. And he had a lot. I don't know if he can ever be great. It'll be interesting to see if he can preserve his job as the starter going in because it's a new regime i mean he was not he was picked by an old regime so right. obviously there's that that whole um friction there but norv turner is a good offensive coordinator terrible head coach so he should do well there i just don't think there's the talent at the skill positions around him that's enough yeah but again one running back i mean i don't know okay I, I i think there's some but over like when you look at the rest of the league it's not on par right. with some of these elite level teams and they're a seven and nine team they have some sleeper upside to yeah. them, but this division—I mean, it doesn't—it hurts them that the AFC North is clearly the toughest division in the conference. Yeah. And you know, they're four out of four. Ray Horton is a very good defensive coordinator, oh. even if he looks like a douche as a fifty-year-old man oh, with braids. He took out the cornrows, I did think. He, yes, he, he okay. did. Right, and right. this has led to speculation locally that he—that he's now a hotter head coaching candidate because everyone is. said, "Everyone's like, you can't have a fifty-year-old man with cornrows yeah, as a head coach." Yeah, that, that, yeah. that, that was. Yeah, and yeah. you can't, to be honest with but you. But as far as coaches go, also too, again, a, a factor in favor of the Browns. And it's funny how the worm turns. Because in 2007, I think we took it for granted, that great year that the Browns had that turns out to be kind of a mirage. Rob Chazinski as the Browns' offensive coordinator at the time, in a town where nobody still in a 10-6 year was enamored of, of Romeo Cornell, the sense of he'll be the next Browns head coach. Well, it took getting that idiot Eric Mangini in here, and then Pat Shermer after him. But Who was worse? I thought Pat Shermer was, was the worst head coach in football last year. See, I think if you read, and, and there was that great piece, the, the excerpt from Nate Jackson's book that was in Scene Magazine recently, I think Mangini, because he was such a despot that came in and depressed morale and threw his weight around, I think the whole thing of he, he thought he was going to correct the whole Romeo Cornell Country Club thing by just being a complete dick to everybody and i think that it was the scorched earth that made him worse than Shermer. Shermer was just a, a guy in over his head sure was a bad well kyle there's guys that are in over their head every time every well year. he was i mean he was bad but i mean man, i mean but, he will, will pat Shermer ever be a head coach man, again no he won't uh, just uh, because it, it, it's similar to when chris palmer was here that ruined him forever being a, an nfl head coach Shermer and and, and People laugh when I say this now, even my friends. I was an initial supporter of the move. When he first came in, I kind of liked it. He but was again. like this every week. And for those of you, since we don't have a webcam, I, yeah. I have a book right in front of my face. Yeah. Look, people, you know, always, you know, maybe, I don't know if you're like this or not. People always say, oh, what does Mike Tomlin do? Oh, he's stepped yeah. in a great situation. He's got these great corners. Great head coaches yeah. don't coach like this. Right. This is what your coordinator is supposed to do. Right. Again, for those who can't, more of for those who can't see through your right. computer, I have a book up to my head. And... 
you have to be in many ways sort of like a CEO of a business. You have to just make right. sure everything. You have to be a, a manager. Right. To borrow a thing for baseball, you don't have to. Be, you're, you should not be calling the play. I mean, some guys can do it. Chud is. But look at look at the guys who do that a lot. Like right. Jason Garrett, he stinks. Right. You know, the, it's a lot of sh- you know sheep's and wolf clothing, or right. in the football sense, offensive coordinators and coaches clothing. Exactly. Exactly. I think I think Chud is going to be uh, fairly strong in this regard. Somebody like my dad and talking to him. Oh well, he doesn't look like he's got enough presence. Shows enough emotion. It's like, come on, man. How much emotion did Tom Landry show on the sidelines? I don't. I don't get caught up in that sideshow crap because. Like, well, sometimes it can be overplayed. Who who was who was the greatest coach of all time in terms of central casting? He was sent from central casting. Butch Davis and Butch Davis was the Haley's Comet of horrible NFL coaches. We'll never see in our lifetime. Uh, an NFL head coach is horrible as Butch Davis. I don't know about that. He was just terrible at evaluating personnel more than in-game. I mean, also, he Also in-game coaching, also throwing people under the bus like Bo Fazio uh, when, when it was Butch Davis who uh, blew the uh, Pittsburgh playoff game. I could go on and on about oh, Butch Davis oh. and all of his many failings. He By was the way, the do you know your boy Mike Trevisano before the playoff game claimed Butch Davis is a better coach than Bill Cowher? Oh, I, I can believe that he did. I can believe that he did because you used used the term "my boy" in the ironic uh, <laughs> sense here. I want to assure everyone on that. But yeah, no, it, <laughs> that that's not the case. Uh, yeah, that that okay. is not at all the case. But again, also too, by by the way, and and, and this this can't be uh, glossed over, but I will gloss it over. Uh, Mike Lombardi is a complete moron, and he's now the Browns' general manager. So that's yeah, you're you're forward, on, you're on this anti Lombardi bandwagon. He sucks. He absolutely sucks. Look into his record. Check the stats. You know, he sucks. The, yeah, but the Raiders, were, the Raiders were good part of the time he was there. Michael Lombardi's pathetic. And well, uh, why? Because you don't like him? <laughs> well, he's also a backstabber. I mean, let's not forget that. Let's not forget 20 years ago in this town, the hey. way that he greased it. Uh, hey, hey, Coach Belichick, maybe you should design some bootlegs for Bernie so he looks like a complete imbecile out there. Mike Lombardi is a backstabber as well as a, uh, a, a complete imbecile. Well, then the first part sounds like a guy I want on my side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I've, you know, I mean, people like the, this Jimmy Haslam, oh, you, you don't want this guy. You know, it sounds like the kind of guy I want running my team. It sounds like the kind of guy I want running my team. Guy will do anything to win. Uh, J- Jimmy Haslam. Those receipts were okay when I looked at them. Jimmy Haslam <laughs> starring on season two of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Orange ain't the new brown, I'll tell you that oh. much. Oh, there we go. All right, there we go. Oh, very nice. So, very yeah, nice. that was too much time for the Browns because we live here. Yeah. But um, AFC East, you got Miami and Buffalo. It's just yeah, a lot of medi- mediocrity there. I think a lot of people want to go with, believe in Miami. Now, they were 7-9 and nine last year, and on paper they look better. Uh, the, the loss of Reggie Bush will be offset. Here's a fantasy sleeper for you. Fantasy alert. Uh, Lamar Miller. I know he yes. fumbled his yes. first touch in the Hall of Fame game. And, and those people who really like fantasy, it was funny. I went to Twitter. Everyone's like, "That's that noise you hear is Lamar Miller's fantasy stock plummeting. I think, like, you know, <laughs> me and six other people got that. You were probably one of them. Yes. But uh, I, I think that'll be upset. The loss of Jake Long hurts, though. It does. And here's the ultimate thing. I'm not sold on this Ryan Tannehill. I'm not either. But that said, I think they're going to be in the mix just because the AFC is weak. They do look stronger on paper. Mike Wallace could be a little bit overrated as a signing. Uh, the Keller. I, I kind of disagree. I think Mike Wallace is the real deal. They, I wish, I wish yeah. the Browns had signed well, him. They, Mike they, Wallace, David Boston was supposed to be the real deal for this team, too, and Ted Ginn Jr., your other okay. boy. Well, uh, speaking of your boys, uh, the kid Keller got hurt uh, over the yes. weekend, too. That's going to hurt. Yes. Uh, you always want two good receivers. Ted, Ted Ginn Jr., if, even if he keeps studying constantly, won't know how to run routes by the time he's 75 years old. Well, that uh, could there, be a problem because I don't think anyone will, will you know, sign him to a contract there, when he's 75. There's something to be said for actually, you know, 
Powell playing the wide receiver position before college. That's something people sleep on, but a lot of times people switch during college like Ted Ginn and never quite get it. So that was a separate thing. Are you saying Glenville was not an X's and O's team? <laughs> not exactly. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I'm not making that one. But Kids I think just go out there and beat the other team. <laughs> yeah. You're a genius coach, Ted Ginn Sr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but that is outstanding. But listen here. I think they'll be in the playoff mix, but ultimately come up short at 8-8. Eight eight. I have Miami at 8-8. Eight eight. I got them 8-8 eight eight oh, also. Oh, yeah. we're, no, too much agreement on this program. Jamie Horowitz is trying to patch in and say, <laughs> <laughs> just say Miami's going to be 4-12. <laughs> Embrace debates. <Yeah. laughs> but um, here's one. Uh, bu- Buffalo. I want to do Buffalo next to stick yeah. with the AFCs. I think of the AFC teams, they're the one I have the least grasp on. Okay. They could be really bad, or they they could be potentially the sleeper that no one calls to make the playoffs and does. Right. They've, they've gone through the chain. Mm-hmm. You know, the ill-fated Chan Gale. You know, look, uh, I'm putting raising my right hand up here and testifying. Mm-hmm. I said Buffalo's going to be a playoff team last year. Oops. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't alone in that. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick was not the Well, I said Kansas, or, uh, or did I? I? Or no, I said, no, I, I said I, Kansas no, City, too. I, I said Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, 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 that was equally bad. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Fitzpatrick was bad. Uh, Chan Gailey not just, was not an inspiring guy. You talk about no. guys who, who lack that, you know, charisma, yeah. whatever that means. Um, you, your dad must have not been high on Chan Gailey. Either. No, I don't he, know. Wouldn't, oh. he wouldn't have been high on okay. Chan Gailey. But um, here's the thing with Buffalo, and this is one of those <laughs> comments I make that is, will fully cement why I'll never have a national radio show. The E.J. Manuel draft pick. I'm conflicted here. This is why I don't have a good grasp on this team. When it happened initially, you know what it reeked of? It reeked of, it like, Buffalo reach. being, sure. Well, yeah, it did. I mean, that was the that was kind of what everyone said it was. Yeah. Buffalo has kind of always been, you know, since, essentially since Jim Kelly retired, it's kind of been perceived as behind-the-times franchise. They have the longest drought between their last of postseason appearance have not made it since nine, the Music City Miracle was their last playoff Music game. Music City forward pass, yep. Okay, there you go. Um, you know, that was when, you know, Doug Flutie tried his best to get that team over that piece of garbage, Rob Johnson. But that's I a different disagree. podcast for a different day. That was when uh, he backstabbed Rob Johnson. Okay, but, but um, the E.J. Manuel thing looked of a franchise that doesn't get it, and they had looked, this is where I, this is where I make the, the kind of questionable remark. Okay. They looked around the league and said, oh, wow, all these other teams are kind of, it looks like they're reaching and picking these out-of-nowhere black quarterbacks. Let's do that, too. <laughs> you know, with Seattle, with Russell Wilson, the 49ers yeah. with Kaepernick. And they, you know, it was kind of like, oh, wow, you know, they, these are these unconventional quarterbacks that are having the success. Let's just pick a black guy that, no, that, that you know, we think is better than everyone. Reverse and, racism. Well, it is well, the Obama era. Oh, now stop <laughs> it. Here's the thing, though. With Wilson and Kaepernick, as you know, I love college football. Yes. And when I watched those guys play in college, I, I thought they were great in college. The only right. reason I, I didn't think they would be that great in the pros is because all the scouts are like, eh, Wilson's too short, Kaepernick plays in this unconventional offense, that'll never work. Yeah, I watched a lot of E.J. Manuel at Florida State. Mm-hmm. At no point did I ever say, you know what, this E.J. Manuel's really good. Right. But And those Florida State teams always underachieve. Right. Did you see him in these first two pre? I mean, he's looked good, Ricky. You right. can't deny it. So I'm always one to admit, hey, but he got hurt. Right. That's good. Because to me, before he got hurt, it was announced he's got the surgery. He may miss time. I was going to say, you know what, get rid of this, Kevin. I really don't get rid of him. Keep him for insurance. They need to go with Manuel sooner than later. Kevin Cobb, look, can you believe that it, it seems like it was 18 years ago that he was going to be the next thing in Philadelphia? Yeah. He's now been he's two teams removed from that. Right. He failed in Arizona. He slips on a mat in practice and hurts himself. That's a metaphor for his whole career, I yep. think. So I think they got to make the move to Manuel. 
depending on his health, I think they could surprise. There's a lot of pieces to like in Buffalo. Right. CJ Spiller, namely. Yeah. I think he's he's a fantasy alert. I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a first round pick in yeah, fantasy. But no question about it. Ultimately, I have Buffalo seven and nine, but they could finish anywhere from five and eleven to nine and seven. I'm saying six and ten. But what's interesting is when you're talking about that six and ten, seven and nine axis going to the AFC West. You and I have different teams in second place. There, I got San Diego seven and nine. Uh, I got uh, Kansas City six and ten. I believe you have uh, Kansas City ahead of San Diego. Oh, I do, and I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. My enthusiasm about these two teams couldn't be more different. Okay. Sandy, it's funny. So when I made the decision, I started with, okay, Indianapolis and Baltimore are out mm-hmm. of the playoffs here. Let's find the two wild cards. Pittsburgh was a national was a natural team to gravitate toward. They've right. got the history. They've never mi- made, missed the playoffs in back-to-back years under Tomlin. They just, they just seem better than the rest. Right. So who's going to be the next team? And I waffled for a while. Is it going to be Miami? And then I looked at San Diego, and first I was like, you know, no one's talked for a chance. This is no longer your older brother, San Diego Chargers, under Norv Turner. Right. He's finally gone. You know, they're, they're not a team that everyone's high on that's going to underachieve. Right. And I was like, you know what, maybe now that, the, you know, all that's off, it seemed that they drafted kind of well. Mm-hmm. Maybe San Diego surprises when no one's expecting them. Then I looked at the team's roster and watched them in the first two games in the preseason. Rick Morris, this team stinks. I think this is one of the – I think the five worst teams in the AFC are all – in the NFL or all in the AFC. Okay. This will be a t- bottom five team in the league, San Diego. I've got them at 6-10 and ten with the potential to be a lot worse. You don't think it's just transition pains under new coach Mike McCoy? Oh, I, I think that could throw. But here's the thing. Phillip Rivers, five years ago, I was sitting in the living room of a buddy of mine, and I said, there's going to be two quarterbacks that are going to take this league over, Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Is Phillip Rivers even a top 15 quarterback anymore? He's a guy like a Matt Schaub. That all those young guns, the Griffins, the Wilsons, the Kaepernicks, the Newtons, to He's a lesser degree. Yeah. yeah. Like, every GM would rather have any of those four guys than Phillip Rivers right now. Yep. Horrible offensive line, injured receivers already, bad defense. The only thing that kept me from picking San Diego to be worse than 6-10 and 10 mm-hmm. was their point differential last year was actually an even zero. Okay. They were 7-9. and nine. So that was pretty much on par. It wasn't like, you know... And then they had also a horrible record in close games, which is sort of a hallmark of a Norv Turner team. I think they were like something like two and six. Okay. It, it was bad. I'm going to look this up because there's one other thing. But here's the reason that I don't like San Diego at all Okay. moving forward, besides all the reasons I just listed. These were San Diego's seven wins in 2012. You ready? Yeah. Oakland twice. Kansas City twice. So that's four of the seven right there. And those teams were both really Boy, bad. Tennessee was really bad. Uh, they beat, they shocked Pittsburgh, 34-24. We talked about that yep. when we talked about this. And the Jets. Yeah. So they beat like four, you know, those were their seven wins. Now, in close games, again, that's defined seven or less. They were 0-1, 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, 0-5. like 1-5. So I thought it was 2-3, So that signals that they might not drop as much as I think they should lo- okay. when I look at them, but I don't like this team's prognosis You're for the next couple years. You're making me feel better on my 7-9 steady pick there. I just don't. I think McCoy is walking into a pretty barren situation and it's not going to be a quick fix and this team is a lot closer to Oakland than they are to Kansas City. Kansas City is the team that I am going to pick 
to make the wild card spot. They may be playing a little closer to Oakland in a couple of years if you believe the rumors about L.A. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But either team, both those teams are rumored to That's move. That's true. Um, It'd be funny if they both did. By the way, I know you hate Colin Coward, but he had a really funny take, on, like how L.A. Say? He was talking about how you know the Raiders have a lot of history, obviously, and you know they used to be in L.A. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Colin Coward painted with a broad brush in this situation. Oh, he did. Oh, he did, right. but it was funny. All right. He's like, but you know, a lot of these high-end executives are worried kind of about Raider fan. Yeah. You know, and sort of th that whole image. He's like, you know what you got to do with these people? Do what, do what the Lakers do. Just price them out. <laughs> just just, <laughs> just charge tickets. Make sure all those guys just can't afford to go to the games anymore. That was, it made me laugh. Yeah. One thing to and do make, that have a stadium Staples. smaller. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's a little bit harder to price them out and fill an NFL stadium. Well, NFL, though, with the TV money and stuff, you're not as dependent on gates. That's so it, it was kind of his thing. But here's the Kansas City. And, and i got to be honest with you. This is a two-win team from last year. They picked number one yeah. in the draft. They had by far the, they had the worst point difference. They were the worst team in the league last year. Yeah. And I have to admit, whenever and there's a lot of sort of trendiness toward this team. Right. I'm not the first guy who says they can make the playoffs. Hopefully they, they won't be the, the league in uh, murder suicides again this oh year. Oh boy, come on, okay. uh, come on. Yes, right. it was. Okay, okay. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but. What gets me leery, and you know this about me, when everyone is sort of kind of like coming to this consensus agreement that a two-win team is going to make the, is going to jump up and make the playoffs, uh -huh. that scares me. I haven't heard anybody else say playoffs. Oh I mean, really? I've seen. I've seen a, oh, I've heard a few. Oh, I've right. got them eight and eight, making the and getting the last and winning a tiebreak over Baltimore. Okay. Andy Reid, obviously an, a huge upgrade over Romeo Cornell. The only thing those two share in common is a, is a uh, love of Kansas City barbecue. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say the the buffet line there. Uh, um, Alex Smith, not great. He's, you know, no better than Shaw or Dalton, but they had wretched quarterback play last year with Castle and, and your boy Brady Quinn. That so many turnovers. Remember the Chiefs had all those Pro Bowlers last year. And people scoffed. Remember they're like, the Kansas City Chiefs have six Pro Bowlers? That's ridiculous. They only had two wins. But a lot of those positions were kind of like they weren't like the glamour positions where like where the Rube fans voted them in. That was right. a lot of peers and coaches. There's talent here. Romeo Cornell just didn't get the most out of right. that team. And remember, the last two years, the most improved team in the league has been the team that had the first draft pick. It was Carolina two years ago, okay. jumped from one to six wins. Wow. And then the Colts jumped from two to 11. Well, I'm not saying that the, they're going to go to 11 wins, but eight and eight for the Chiefs. They have a win total in Vegas of seven and a half, yeah. which seems high for a lot of people. And it seemed high initially for me. But when, as far as being able to drum up momentum and write about you know, with the analytics and stuff like that, it seems to me that the Chiefs will s rise up in Andy Reid's first year. Alex Smith will give a much better quarterback play. Eight and eight, they make the playoffs. Your, your jive about Rube fans is right on the money if people were saying that because, again, even on the worst team, you could have a handful of great players playing great. It's not going to be enough to affect the win total if it's only a couple of them and they're surrounded by absolute uh, putrid garbage. Does anybody want to tell me that Jamal Charles, for example, didn't have a Pro Bowl caliber season last year? Yeah, it was just so, it yeah. was the quarterback and turnover. Their turnover right. rate was was Awful. I mean, it was I mean, it was shades of uh, uh, the kid who's uh, going to play shades quarterback for Notre Dame this year. Now that goals, uh, Tommy Reese, the guy yes. who throws an interception yes. in the end zone every other play. Shades of the 05 to 08 Cleveland Browns, also coincidentally coached by Romeo. Cardinal. Yeah, it, they. Yeah. I mean, their their turnover rate was historically bad last yep. year. That'll even out. I just think a lot of the indicators uh, show Kansas City. Look, I, again, I, I'm not saying that this is that Andy Reid's going to build this team into a 
cons into a consistent winner or they're going to be a contender for years to come. I just think this year they jump up and sneak in and grab that last playoff spot. I so think so. I, I know I didn't say that at when we talked about this in uh, mini-episode 256. I yes. am a completist. Thank you very yes. much. Uh, <laughs> but, you, but, you and Steve Byrne. Yes, but I will, um, I will uh, call for Kansas City to make the playoffs. All right. So, uh, again, it, the, you and I have the obvious consensus along with the rest of the world on the four division winners in the AFC, New England, Cincinnati, Houston, and Denver. My AFC championship game is number two seed Houston over number one seed Denver. Uh, what, what's your AFC championship uh, prediction? I'm going to say Denver over Cincinnati. And that would be Cincinnati uh, having home field. So both of us have a team going in and winning the AFC championship on the road. Yes. I, I mean, I look, home field advantage doesn't mean what it used to necessarily right. anymore. I, you know, especially when the better, the kind of right. the better, more experienced team is the road team. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Denver over Cincinnati, but I certainly uh, reserve the right to change that at any time. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and, and it's it's fairly common for there to be a split a lot of times on Championship Sunday. One road team wins, one home team wins. Sure. So that, that happens, and uh, it would not be uh, uh, it, it, probably even huge breaking news if it were to happen uh, in, in, in the manner that either one of us uh, forecasts. So I'm saying, again, Houston over Denver. You're saying Denver over Cincinnati. That is our look at the AFC for the year 2013. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, all clear channel affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse, and The Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements.